previously on Worlds Away. If you need to pull us out of there, I will follow orders. And then before I, I like keep walking, I'll stop for a sec. And I'll just be like, try not to kill anyone. I haven't yet. So you're just going dumpster diving for some clothes Damn is right. what you're doing? Damn right. I, that's really good. But what I truly desire is for you to find a discarded campaign t-shirt. The constables were just here. They arrested Ruby. For what? I don't know. Um, Oscar was talking to her. I'm uh, sorry, Ruby's chief of staff. Someone sabotaged the reactor. Who do you think it was? They showed me the evidence, and the evidence was clear. Ruby was responsible. But wh- I think when he says that, you get the sense that the part he said about Ruby, that he was being like deliberately cagey with the way he used his words. Have you been shown the video footage from the reactor? The video is a fake. I simply wasn't there. There's a way that I can verify that you are telling the truth. So what, this is like mind reading or something? They really prefer that we don't call it that. What does it look like when you use suggestion in the landscape? I don't think she's she's really saying anything. I think she's just kind of like, just going, hmm, hmm, no, here. And then just kind of like sticks her brush out and just makes a few adjustments. No major disturbances, strange anomalies, or anything of the sort. We did have a a cave-in a few months ago. Pretty major, actually. The next day, we found some scorch marks around the wreckage. Scorch marks? So, perhaps a misplaced explosive or something else? It is like a cylindrical device that I think that you recognize as, just from the outside appearance as a kind of sensor you are detecting that it is still actively transmitting and i think that you could use that active transmission to follow it back to its to the like the destination of the signal Ooh. and the other thing is that you kind of flip it over and on the bottom of it you see characters that say p172 more letters and numbers you hear a sound of glass breaking down the street. And I think you turn and look, and then you feel someone bump up against you. I take off running. I, like, I, without saying anything to Arno, I charge, I charge after him. Arno, you round the corner, and you have the pistol in your hand, mm-hmm. and this guy's about to get away. And I think I'm going to give you a hard choice right now as a consequence of that, which is do you try to shoot him, or do you let him go? Do I see Nasir on the ground? You seen a Sierra on the ground. I take the shot. I grab my slate, return it to my bag or pocket, or my pocket, and then run to this man and try to staunch the bleeding immediately. You see his trench coat slip away, and on his belt, you see the badge of a constable of the Office of Public Safety.
Welcome to World's Way, an actual play storytelling podcast. I'm your game master, John Ossup, and here with me today, we've got Haley Daria. Hello. Lauren Wilbanks. Mad Stacks. Michael Morales. Hi. And Moshitara. Happy birthday, Omar. So, I think we're going to start by picking up inside Leela's studio, which yes. in reality exists only inside of your mind. The studio is a largely open space lined by brick walls and on one side, a series of tall rectangular windows. And along one of the walls, there are two murals. One is largely filled with color, though even then, it's still a work in progress. And the other, quite simple, is a profile view of the city of Lindus whose elevated roads and walkways come together to resemble a ball of yarn. When we last left off, Leela, you were filling in some of the gaps in Ruby Watson's painting. Um, So I want to ask you, what does that look like? Yeah, so I think, you know, I kind of view it as Ruby has kind of been a good sport and has taken some time to, to draw out what's in her mind. Um, but Leela is kind of seeing this and making note of where sometimes, you know, as a, an, an inexperienced painter, maybe Ruby has, um, you know, not drawn things quite, quite right. The perspective is a little bit off or it just needs a little bit of, um, of shading or of added color. So um, once kind of Ruby has taken a step back, I think Leela is um, just kind of studying it and and then, you know, using her own palette and her own paintbrush, just kind of coming in and dotting in some some color or straightening some lines or, or what have you and kind of putting a little bit of polish on it. So I think we see. The, the kind of shot is from the side. And I think we see the two of you kind of standing next to each other, both of you holding your brushes up to the painting. But after a minute or two, I think your eyes kind of shift to Ruby and you notice that her brush has strayed away from the main city. And instead of adding to her or detailing this kind of ball of yarn structure, you see her painting what appears to be a small building uh, rising in the foreground and it, it's based on its location and the painting you can tell that it would be near the southern edge of lindus uh, which is the side closest to the dam um i think Lila's just going to let ruby take the lead and continue to to paint and not really Lila's not gonna kind of jump in and start asking questions i think she's gonna continue to kind of, you know, touch up anything she sees on on the main ball of yarn, but then just kind of glance over and, and you know, see how things are progressing. Is there any way I can tell what the nature of that building is or or kind of what it might be or what, what its significance might be? I think that you can tell, and I guess this is kind of a question about indexing, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess when you see someone painting on like on their mural right mm-hmm. like do you just like what kind of stuff can you just intuit from seeing the painting itself is it like a feeling or or do you get kind of specific facts from it 
I think I get a general feel. I think it depends on how strong of a connection or how much, you know, they're, they're giving. Um, so I would guess that in this case, it's more of a a general feeling. And if I wanted more information, I would have to ask. Yeah, I think that's right. So, so I think that what you get from, you know, I think you maybe stop painting and you take a step back slightly from your position. And I think, I think you get the sense that this is a place that is important to her trajectory and and I guess the path and the choices that she's made in her life, but also something where she has a recent, like a recent sense of hurt from. I mean, I, I do feel like I need to, to press for more at some point. So yeah. if there's kind of, if it feels like I, I don't want to interrupt her flow, but maybe once she's gotten what she needed to get onto the page or the wall in this case, then maybe I'll, I'll kind of ask, ask for more information. Yeah. I, I think you get the sense that you could do that without okay. interrupting her at this point. So then I'm, I'm just gonna gesture to it and say, so what is this place? It's clearly important to you. It's a place where I, I meet someone where I've met someone. I think Leela's instinct would be to be a little playful and to be like, met someone. Yeah, I think she kind of laughs. And I think it's like the vibe I'm trying to give is that everything is kind of like slowed down a little bit at this point. I think this is kind of a consequence of you having like used suggestion within the landscape. Mm -hmm. But she kind of still laughs at that and says, it's nothing like that. When I first joined the youth league, I was caught up in republic thinking cooperation unity but i started reading some things broadening my mind finding things outside of the republic's propaganda eventually i made some connections others who wanted an independent status is this where you were when the sabotage happened she just Silently nods her head, yes. So you were there, and someone knew that, and I'm assuming the activities that occur or that are discussed here are not something you want counsel to know about. When I first started meeting with her, it was just about getting advice resources, things to help the movement. But this last time, things were different. I was asked to do more. So the council doesn't know that someone must have known that you'd be there at that time. Her eyes kind of narrow when you say that. And she says, not what we discussed, but, and I think as she kind of says that her paintbrush kind of shifts away from the house and you start to see other lines um, appear on the wall, almost kind of in the shadow of the ball of yarn. And after a minute or so, you start to see the lines form the basic outlines of a face. She looks at it and says, 
Oscar, my chief of staff. Mm. He's the only person who knew that I'd have my slate off during that time. Do you have any idea why Oscar would betray you? So she just shakes her head no. But last episode, when you rolled suggestion, right? Mm-hmm. You got a mixed success. Mm-hmm. And that means that the person that you're indexing, they soon realize that you messed with her head, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that as she's kind of shaking her head no as to your question of whether she knows why Oscar would have betrayed her, she kind of takes a step back and starts to stare at the house that she painted. And she kind of looks back at you and says, why did I paint that? And kind of trails off. I think this is undoubtedly something Leela has experienced before um, of someone kind of being a little bit confused or unsettled by what they've shared, um, especially if it's something that, you know, because she changed their mind. So I think um, she's like, okay, you know, we got to wrap up here. (laughs) So um, I think Lila's going to say, we've had a long session. I think it, it might be time to... This isn't right, though. I didn't want to paint that. What happens in the landscape can be surprising. There are insights we gain, clarities that that we don't always expect. Yeah, I think as you're saying that, though, from the ground by one of the brick columns near her, mm-hmm. Ruby leans down and picks up a can of white paint. And then as you're like talking to her, she steps forward and flings its contents across the wall. Ooh. So most of the paint splashes on Ruby's painting and over the house, right? And I think you see it kind of dripping down and covering it. But a small amount of it goes wide and hits the edge of your mural, Leela. And right now that paint is on there and it's still wet. What do you do? I think Leela's gotten what she needed from Ruby. So I think she's going to run to her mural and try to wipe off the the white paint. Yeah. And how are you wiping it off? Um, I think I'm going to rush over and grab just a um, rag that's probably lying on a table nearby and just start um, trying to sop up all the paint before it dries and try to get as much of it, as much of it off as I can. Yeah. So I, I think you're doing that and I think you are getting, like, getting it off, right? Getting most of the paint off. Mm-hmm. But as you're doing that just for a second you think that you can see words inside the paint but now I want to ask you this what does it look like when someone tries to interfere with an indexing session from outside of the landscape like if someone tries to shake you awake I mean so I don't think that's generally recommended (laughs) so Basically, the bond between the two people is kind of being destabilized in some way. And so 
I think the landscape just sort of starts to glitch out a little bit. Not like computer glitch, but just sort of like flicker and just sort of start to come apart. Um, Yeah, so I think that that happens. And I think it's like, you know, you think you see this text in in the paint that splashed on the wall, but you can't tell if that was like in there like from something else or if that was one of the effects of this this glitching but i think you're like snapped out of the landscape and we're back inside the interrogation room um with you and ruby sitting across from each other at the table and her face as she's kind of coming to is somewhere between surprise and anger but standing next to you we see randall lawrence the head of public safety flanked by two other constables and he sort of leans over to you and says, there's been an incident. Arno and Asir, the two of you are in a side street in the Barrows, where Arno, you just shot a man who had taken Nasir's slate and who was revealed at the end of the last episode to be a constable with the Office of Public Safety. I think you're leaving out the part where he uh, uh, definitely attacked Nasir. He did also attack Nasir, that's true. That I did not shoot him for stealing a tablet, I shot him for attacking Nasir. That's fair. Um, But I want to ask, so in the immediate aftermath of the shooting, Hmm. what did the two of you do? I am crouched over the body, uh, like, trying to keep this person from bleeding out. Okay. And what is Arno doing? Oh, that's interesting. I would have been doing that. Um, hmm, I, I need a backup plan. Shit. Um, at this point, I guess I'm just waiting for the authorities to show up and keeping an eye out to see if there's anybody else that's watching us. Uh, yeah. Other than, like, I, I know that there's going to be a crowd, right? Like, that's pretty obvious. But I mean, not watching in the sense of, like, a, a bystander. Yeah. Like, is anyone else or like an accomplice or something to that effect? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that a crowd of people, you're correct, that a crowd of people starts to form, Mm. almost all of whom pull their slates out. The crowd is kind of divided with what they're doing, though. Mm. So, like, a small number of them seem to be using their slates to call for help. Mm. But the rest, seemingly the the vast majority, um, are they're using their slates to take pictures or record video of the scene. Uh, So I think I remember you mentioning... Uh, the, way, the way that we were able to identify that there were public safety was that uh, there was a badge, uh, a badge on his on his belt. Yeah, I'd like to examine the badge. Yeah. Oh, interesting. OK. What are you looking for in the badge? I guess trying to see if it's authentic or what's your what's your kind of question? I want to see if it's authentic. I want to get a name. Yeah. yeah. OK. And I want to see if there's like a rank on there or something to that effect. Yeah. OK. So I think this year you're like <laughs> trying to provide first aid, right? And I think, Arno, you come and you take the badge out. Mm. And I'm not going to make you roll for this, mm. but the badge appears to, like, by all indications, the badge appears to be authentic, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of, maybe it's one of those things where there's, like, a badge on the front, you can, like, flip it open, there's an ID card on the mm-hmm. other side, and it identifies this man as Jacob Capra, and it says he is a detective chief inspector, and that's his rank. Interesting. I have a question. How bad is it? 
it, how bad is Mr. Me, Capra? Me sitting over him, do I think that this man's life is like on the night, like in the balance? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. I think that he's his breathing is very ragged. And I think that that he's kind of clinging on to life barely. Then I'm caught like as I'm like staunching the bleeding and like trying to like keep this man alive. I'm yeah. calling into the crowd. Do we have a doctor, a medical professional, anyone? Yeah. And I'm like frantically looking from person to person recording. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Like begging, essentially. I I think I think when you do that, okay, that's interesting. I think when you do that, I think someone else, someone comes out of the crowd and or kind of pushes their way through the crowd. And and this man is probably in his like late forties. Um I, I think he has like the slightest salt and pepper kind of hair going on, light skin, kind of like medium build, and he runs up to you and, and kind of is not like pushing you out of the way, but kind of like takes I guess command takes of the situation. The lead, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But I think as that happens, we start to hear the sounds of sirens and I want to kind of montage this, but I think that paramedics and constables start to arrive at the scene. So I think we see, you know, people like kind of coming up to this man on the ground. They say like, oh, we've got him and are are kind of starting to attach like medical devices to him and try to stabilize the situation. I pocket the badge. Oh, you pocket the badge. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll just let you do that. Yeah, and I'm not uh, for the record. I'm not gonna hide that I'm pocketing the badge. I know that there are people with like tablets. It's not like a sleight of hand type situation. It's just it's going in my pocket. Oh, I see. Okay, I have a question for you, Mike. Which is like, do you notify the med- paramedics of who this person is? Like, you have his identification. I'll tell them that it's I'll tell them that it's Jacob Capra uh, from public Sur- uh, from public safety, and that's about it. Okay. Once the paramedics have sort of removed uh, Jacob, I'm still like on my knees, like on the ground. Yeah. And I think I'm like kneeling in the in the pool of blood uh, and I'm just sort of looking at my hands. And I know that like we have uh, agents or or, or like uh, first res- other first responders coming and swarming the area. Um, yeah. And I think that like f- I'm like shocked until I like turn for a second and I just look at Arno with wild eyes. Mm. Like I, I think like the, like Nasir is normally a very composed individual. And like, we've seen it when he like broke down in like, like not knowing what to do, but this is like, like he looks deranged. Yeah. I think if I can add one thing to that, mm. I, I think it's maybe it's like a little hard to tell because of the color, but I think that the Minerva project jacket is stained with, with blood as well at this point. Okay, I'm not looking at Nasir's face. I'm looking at where he where I'm looking at the rest and see like if there's any signs of other injury. So yeah, so I think I think you do that, and I, and I want to kind of montage this next part. Yeah. So I think I think we kind of see the paramedics like putting Jacob Capra on a gurney and and loading him into an ambulance, and I think that there are constables arriving at the scene and kind of putting up the crime scene tape around this block, right, and kind of pushing the crowd back. Hmm. And I think while this is happening, the two of you are being kind of separately interviewed by uniform constables that are kind of t- trying to take the first statement on the scene, like figure out what happened here. Mm. So Nasir, you're being interviewed by someone named Constable Rios, and they have light tan skin, blue green eyes, and kind of short, messy brown hair. And Arno, you're being inter- interviewed by Sergeant Dara. 
Um, and she has dark skin, sharp features, and kind of shoulder length hair that's neatly tied back into a bun. So I, th- I think, Nasir, I think the scene begins with you. And we hear Constable Rios ask, Mr. Baydock, can you walk me through what happened immediately before the shooting? I think I'm silent for just a few seconds. Mm. And then I just sort of snap into it. Um, yeah. I, uh, my slate was taken from me. I noticed the pickpocket and chased after him. When I attempted to stop him and recover my slate, I w- he attacked me. Lieutenant Hines chased after me- us, and then after I was attacked, he shot. You said you were attacked. How, how exactly were you attacked, Mr. Badock? He stunned me and took me to the ground. And were there any obvious signs of your injuries? Any obvious signs that this man had hurt you? I was incapacitated and on the ground. Mr. Vedak, why do you think Mr. Hines shot him? I think that I was attacked. And Lieutenant Hines is a protective individual. So at this point, the camera cuts over to Arno. And we hear Sergeant Dara say, Mr. Hines, I want to remind you of the caution that I provided at the start of this interview. When you first discharged your firearm out on the street, was there any immediate threat to your life or the life of another? I wasn't yet aware if there was a threat. And at some point after that, you rounded the corner, correct? That's correct. And what happened then? Mr. Badock was on the ground incapacitated, uh, and I had the opportunity to stop Mr. Capra uh, without leaving Mr. Badak behind. And so I did. And when you fired on DCI Capra, what exactly was he doing? I'm not sure what the protocol is here on status, but typically when officers of the law are acting in accordance with the law, they're not running away from the scene. So I don't know what he was doing. I know what he wasn't doing was talking to us and explaining his actions. But he was running away when you shot him. He was running away when I shot him. And I guess let me ask this. Did you hand over the badge or do you still have it in your pocket? I still have it in my pocket. I think she asks, when the paramedics took Mr. Capper, they noticed that he was missing his identification. Do you know what happened to that? I have it. I think that she holds out a plastic evidence bag um, and says, uh, sir, I'm going to need to ask for that. You'll need to ask again at headquarters. Until then, it's in my possession. And then I'm going to follow up with, actually, hold on. Ma'am, this might be your first time, but I don't think you realize the gravity of this situation. This is a little above your payroll. So, okay. <laughs> so I think you are trying to intimidate her then. Sure. <laughs> So I think go ahead and, and roll plus volatile. Roll a little into me. <laughs> That's a nine. Ooh. Okay. So when you use threats to bully someone into doing what you want, you make it clear what you want them to do, which is let you keep the badge. 
and what you'll do to them if they don't, which I think is kind of this implicit threat that things will get bad here if she doesn't kind of get out of your way. Then roll plus volatile. So on a seven to nine, they can choose um, to either get out of your way, hunker down, take cover, give you something they think you want, tell you something they think you want to hear, or attempt to de-escalate and look for an exit. They can also do one of the original choices, which is force you to follow through and suck it up, or cave in and do what you want. I think she says, Lieutenant Hines, you discharged a firearm on the streets of Lindus, and shot a fleeing man in the back. I understand that as a representative of the Republic, you're entitled to certain protections, but here on Satis, we have our own rules and our own procedures to follow. Was Mr. Capra following your rules and procedures when he attacked my colleague while fleeing? Lieutenant Hines, I'm fine playing by the rules if everyone else is. I think that she... If you're going to take that tack, right, Hmm. she like holds up her hands and I think three uniformed officers approach. And I think she says, Mr. Hines, this is your last warning. Sergeant, you didn't even ask about the rest of the evidence on the scene. I'm very disappointed. Mr. Hines, I was going to ask for your firearm next. Who said it was just the firearm? Go on. Not here. At headquarters. So I think as you say that, we see a black car pull up past the assembled emergency vehicles and come to a stop maybe 20 feet from you, Arno. I look at Sergeant Dara and I say, I think that's my ride. So I think as you say that, the back door of the car opens and we see Herman Eastling, the chair of the council, step out of the car. So as a reminder for folks, Eastling is an older man. He's maybe in his early 90s. He has pale skin, kind of thinning gray-white hair, and blue eyes that are just kind of completely surrounded by wrinkles. And I think he steps out of the car, and as he's kind of taking in the scene, he has a, a pained look on his face. But after a few moments, he he kind of walks toward you. He kind of takes uh, Sergeant Dara aside and and you see them kind of like whispering off to the side for a little bit and he nods and then he walks up to you Arno and kind of gestures at Nasir to join you too. So Easting turns to Arno and says Lieutenant Hines I think we can agree that this is all more complicated than it looks and I know that you would not have done this unless it was absolutely necessary but We, of course, have to have a process to investigate these things. And, Lieutenant Hines, I'm going to have to insist that you go along with Sergeant Dara's requests. Are there still uh, cameras filming? Yes. I'm going to slightly shuffle like I'm reaching into my pocket, pull out the badge Mm -hmm. with the backside, the name, the information facing outwards. Yeah, sure. I'm going to hand it across Eastling's chest to Dara to try to just make it look like I, I want the show of like the the badge him in the shot in this case as I'm handing it over. Okay. I think that he is kind of like confused at why you're doing that. I don't think he really takes in the implication of what you're doing, but 
you do that and i think you put it in the bag and then i think he turns to you and says we're also going to have to ask for your gun of course but what about his backup gun (laughs) yeah i i yeah i assume but yeah do do you do you hand over the pistol yeah absolutely is it fair to say that you don't have like your assault rifle or your shotgun? Yeah, that is situation? really fair to say. Yeah. So I think I think you hand over the pistol and, and I think again it goes into an evidence bag and they and they seal it up. And I think that that when you do that, Eastling goes and whispers to Sergeant Dar again and kind of seems to calm the situation down. And they all kind of st- shuffle away and sort of like proceed with their tasks, like investigating at the scene. At this point, though, Easton kind of leans into the both of you and says, well, we do have a process. I do think it is in everyone's best interests if you and your team are able to leave Satis as quickly as possible so that you can continue the important work of the Minerva Project without complication. I understand from speaking with Mr. Capra's supervisor that he was supposed to be off duty today. Do you know what he was doing near Counselor Watson's office? I don't. He didn't exactly stop by to to chat. Eastling kind of like looks concerned when you say that and maybe like takes a step back and says from what we know now we're not a- aware of any connection between Mr. Capra and Ruby, but I promise you that we will conduct a full investigation. And whoever was behind this, we will get to the bottom of it. I understand that one of your colleagues was about to interview Ruby at the Office of Public Safety. I've asked Randall to suspend the interview and inform her of what happened. And I have to agree with you that it makes sense for us to bring the two of you there and hopefully avoid any further trouble in one of our more pro-independence areas. I think when he says this, Nasir looks up for the first time. Mm. We weren't attacked by one of your more pro-independence citizens. And that's the only thing I say and I get in the car. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think, I think we see the two of you. Arno, you, you go with him as well. I wonder, I kind of want to say something to get under his skin a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like Come everything on. else hadn't up until this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess I, I kind of want to... That's ex- so out of character uh, for Arno, though. I know, right? It's so weird. <laughs> no, and I think um, I, w- I want to explain a little bit here, because I think for Arno, he wasn't sure who the most important person was that was going to be there to to meet them at the scene. Yeah. Um, but that there was going to be somebody that they had to handle this, and that w- one of a couple of things was going to happen, right? One of those was what just happened. And I think to Chairman Eastling, Arno says, usually we're thanked for handling rogue elements. And I walk towards the car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A rare double mic drop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. How, how will I recover? Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't wait for his response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I gotcha. <laughs> We both dropped, we each separately dropped a mic and walked did, to the car. Did Arno have to bend over and pick up the mic this year drop to then drop it again? No, uh, Arno played soccer as a kid, so he actually used his feet to kick it up into his hand and then... Uh, oh, it. yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. So, when we left off with Mara, 
No, no. What, what, I'm were... going to need a lot more than that. This is a complete vibe switch because these fuckers yeah. are out here. Like, Leela is a li- doing a little bit of mind control. She's doing a little bit of mind control. Arno and Nasir are making enemies with the most powerful political elements in in the this city. And Mars just like, beep, boop, boop, a doop, learning what's going on. Original mystery, yeah, yeah. doing my fucking job that I was sent here to do. Yes. We need a sweetie to switch. Also- I do want to note really quickly, Nasir was not just making enemies. He was also uh, providing fucking, uh, uh, like, triage work trying to save a man's life. Thank you. There's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, He's covered in blood, and it's not his, and he didn't even yeah, shoot the guy. I, I literally just tried to do a frame shift away from that. Again, do I need I won't sing yeah. another little song, but... It, uh, she's having a good this time. Good. I rolled a 12. Give me this. Let me have this. You did roll a 12. <laughs> So when we left off with Mara, you were deep inside the mine, kind of in the river valley below Lindus, and you had just discovered a roughly cylindrical sensor that is currently transmitting to somewhere here on Satis. And on the bottom side of this device, you saw characters that appear to say P172. And so now that Mara has found these things, um, what does she do next? So, I think I'm actually going to apply a hook here. Um, okay. So, Ooh. yeah, yeah, I'm going to do the thing. Um, so, one of my hooks is solving the big problems is the most important thing I can do. I won't let relationships with others stand in the way. So, okay. I think that uh, she's kind of maybe of two minds about this. One can be... You know, I'm part of a team. We should be working together. It's better if the entire team is informed and makes discoveries, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But Mara, as the problem solver and the investigator, uh, that overcomes this, uh, these other concerns. And I think she's going to, um, I think she's going to track the signal. Okay. Okay. I like that. So you're using, I think, is it still with the glove sensor? Is that, yeah, I, I think, yeah. they're holding that out yeah. in front of you? Okay. So I think you're kind of following this back. And I want to kind of montage this next part, but there's one kind of scene I want to show before you leave the mine. Yeah. And so as you're about to step onto the lift, I think you're kind of like going through and, and realizing that the signal is coming from outside the mine. Mm-hmm. But as you're about to step onto the lift, I think you double take for a second. And that's because out of the corner of your eye, you see something moving that looks very similar to what I've kind of described in my notes as the glow crawlers, yeah, yeah. which were these like kind of large insect-like creatures that we first saw inside the mine on Kansas. So what is like Mara, a like split second reaction to kind of seeing this out of the corner of your eye? Um, I think... Maybe there's an instinctual, like, icky. Um, but, okay. yeah, like, very, very uh, unmara-like to reject a part of nature, but I think they've always just creeped her out. And so she's like, hmm, gross. Yeah. And I think, and, and I guess, like, you sound, like, kind of calm about seeing this, though, despite that reaction, mm-hmm. which I think makes sense. Because, you know, when you first saw them, it was on Consus, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the average person might see this and be like, oh, it's the same thing. But 
I think that as you kind of take it in and as we look at this more closely, you realize this is not the same species that we saw earlier. And like, I think that on these, there's kind of like fewer legs or body segments. They're maybe like a little smaller generally. Mm -hmm. And the ones on Consus, I I described as being this white, almost translucent color. Mm -hmm. But these are kind of a more light yellow or tan. But I say that like, oh, like your lack of surprise is not weird to me because I think this is something that Mara would just know about the Verge, which is namely that life on these planets can exhibit um, what we would know as convergent evolution. And that is where there are two completely different species, which is when they're facing similar conditions, they can evolve to have the same characteristics. And so these creatures, which seem to live underground in areas surrounding deposits of Lustra, well, at first glance, they look similar. The reality is that they're totally unrelated. He just said the name. Yeah, we have to we have to take a drink. Listener, take a drink. Just so you know, the logo popped up and then the theme played and then now the movie started. Hmm. But I think we see you kind of get into the, well, I guess like does does Mara react at all to this in any way further? Uh or, no, I, I think that is something that she would be well familiar with the concept of convergent evolution. Yeah. Um and so I think for her the initial ew icky is that again that yeah. kind of base reaction. And then I think she does stop and and turn and kind of take it in fully and like yeah. analytically kind of compiles, okay, here's the similarities, here's the differences. And maybe even takes a second to ponder what kind of different like evolutionary paths that influenced the organisms in the way that they are um, became what they are. Yeah. So I think I think we kind of see it like scurrying away as the lift rises up out mm-hmm. of the ground. Then. So after leaving the mine, you make your way back up the I think we described as a kind of funicular that runs up the side of the valley. And after walking through the outskirts of the city and, and kind of following the signal with the glove out, tracing this this transmission, you find yourself standing in front of a small one-story home. Oh. Like all the other buildings you've seen on Satis, this house is propped up on kind of short stilts, holding it up above the rocks. The sides of the house are a kind of patterned metal and are broken up by a few rectangular glass windows. And on the front, there's a single sliding door. And this house, which is to the south side of the city, kind of by the dam, we all recognize, though Mara does not, as being the same house that was drawn inside the landscape. Convergence. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Oops. I should have known I wasn't going to be able to do the dramatic episode and get away with it. Fuck me, right? There's been an hour of drama. Can I, like, this is, this is, we're going to delight in this moment of pure investigative joy. There better not be a goddamn body when she walks in here. Motherfucker, if you drop a fucking body on me, I'm going to be sad. It's not going to be a body. It's going to be a bomb, like last time. So, Lauren, what um, what is Mara doing standing outside of this house? So, so this was a a rough coordinate that she pulled, and so the I believe the glove is no longer useful. So, I think she's going to put that away. Stop me if it is going to be useful. I think it's like <laughs> oh, you're. I think you're just detecting that it's that 
the right. like the They're source rough. of the transmission is somewhere inside sure. the house. Okay, so I think um, the I think she was probably surprised to see a home being the location of where she's being sent, um, or at yeah. least in a way like it's very nondescript is what I got from your your description. Uh, your nondescript description. <laughs> uh, yep. Does it? And just to be clear, it looks like somebody's at least been taking care of it. Like it doesn't look run down or, you know, the, the yeah. grass is clipped or, you know. Yeah, I think no grass on on status, but but I think there's no obvious signs of like decay like that gotcha. or, or lack of maintenance. Like the outside looks clean. There's I, I don't think that you get. Well, let me take that back. I think if you want to like investigate further than that, I think that I might want you to roll for that. But mm-hmm. I think that that that. Yeah, there's no there's you would know without any kind of detection that there's no indications that this has been like abandoned for months Mm. or anything like that. I think that, again, she's going to stand at the bottom of the steps or at the, the precipice of getting like to the house, to the door. And she's going to on like a private line on her her slate. She's going to drop a pin to Arno, Leela and Nasir Again, like password yeah. protected, you can, you can't just like it's not like a pop up iMessage notification. This is they have to sign on and check this, and then yeah. she's just gonna go up there and uh, politely knock on the door. So you knock on the door, and I don't know if you wait for like thirty yes. seconds, but however long you wait, nothing nothing happens. So Mara's gonna kind of the way she nervously kind of maybe wrings her hands together forward and back and on top and on bottom and squeeze them and she's gonna get ready to do a little bit of crime um so she is going to gently attempt to be an e and so so first she's just gonna kind of like try the door yeah yeah so i i think that you try the door and i mean i can think of a couple ways that you can do that gentle breaking and entering here but you you try the door the door is locked right however you know, I mentioned that there are windows in the house and also next to the door, you see that there is a like electronic lock that would be normally activated by someone's slate. So I think it's like, oh, you could try to do some some light hacking. Oh, can I try to do a do a hacking? Oh, I, I would love to, to hack a crack. Yeah. Hack, hacking or cracking. So, OK, so I think I want you to roll act quick for that. Right. And I think it's kind of like avoiding the security system. But let me ask this. Do you have like what what does expert give you? That's what I was going to say. So right for my background, the intellect, uh, my signature move is expert. So I am a smart person in what applies here would be engineering technology and devices. Um, So the description under that guy, right, is when you make a move that's covered by one of your fields of expertise, you can choose to do one of the following. Um, You can choose one more or one less from the outcomes, right? So if I roll successfully, I can get, I can answer one more question or do something. And then I can also ask you a question about the situation that relates to my expertise and they'll answer. And then the last one's about crew numbers, but no one's around. So that one doesn't matter. Okay. So maybe it doesn't help you like pre-roll, but maybe depending on what you roll. Exactly. I get more for a lower roll is what I'm kind of assuming. And if you want to be nice, you could sprinkle on a little extra space master yeah yeah probably not here Whoa, I'm, I'm immediately gonna, I'm no like nice. didn't even consider it yeah no nah. <laughs> nah, so yeah so go ahead and roll plus slick and let's see how your your hacking attempt goes okay is this with the glove also 
or is it like with your slate? Yes. How do you do the hacking? Well, I I think <laughs> I don't th- I don't know if if the glove is a catch all for everything or not. No, I but, actually, you know, I actually I don't think know. so. I think this is with the slate. I think the glove is just interpreting yeah. electromagnetic or chemical sampling or signals and stuff like that. I think this would be slate based, especially based on what you described it as, right? Slate based. So yeah. Okay, come on. Oh yes, Ten. yes, mama. That's a full success. Yes, mama. Amazing. All right. I like that. So yeah, so I think you are graceful, swift, or acrobatic. Um, I'll just say graceful and swift, um, unless maybe very acrobatic with the with the typing. I think she does like a small like like plie when when she when yeah, she gets yeah. it though. Yeah, and I think the door just kind of like it's it's like a pocket door and kind mm-hmm. of like slides into the wall and opens up and you can walk yeah. into this house. As she steps in, she says, "I have entered." Kind of yeah. it quietly to herself. I'm in. Um, I have broke. I'm in. And yeah, I've entered. So you're in the house, and so now I want to know kind of like what you're doing to investigate the situation. And we're probably gonna have another ro- or you know I'll give you the opportunity to make another role here, but. Hmm. I think she has she has no idea, right? I so I think just like a basic description of what she's seeing as she's moving through the house. Does it look like a house? Is it, you know, typical bedrooms and kitchens or is it like a yeah. laboratory? What is she seeing just face value and then I'll make a yeah, d- yeah, determination. Yeah. yeah, so face value, I think you walk through and everything looks like a house. I think the one thing that strikes you is that everything is extremely neat. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like a show house, right? Like it's like, oh, there's knives on the counter or like in the knife block yeah. and there's like, you know, the bed's perfectly made mm-hmm. and everything just looks very well put together, kind of neat freak vibe that you get from right. this. Okay, I, so I guess one thing I'll ask is I used my tablet to kind of hack the lock, right? With that, mm. and I rolled so good. Like, I did such a good roll, and I you used my expertise. So I did all of that good, good stuff. Can I get, like, a basic, like, schematic of the house based on that, or is that just too much? I guess she wants to know just, like, where's the next logical place to go? I think that you get, I, I mean, I so I don't know if it's, like, from the lock that you would get the schematic. You know what sure. I mean? That's the only thing that gives me pause. But I think that as you go through the house, mm-hmm. it like, the floor plan is very simple. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's I mentioned it's like one story. I think there's like two bedrooms. Maybe there's like a small kind of like office that if if you were living in the the United States in 2023, they would describe as a third bedroom, but is absolutely (laughs) not. But, um, you know, you have like two bedrooms, maybe like a small office, kitchen, Mm -hmm. living room, like maybe one or two bath, like one and a half bathrooms, I call it. It's just like it's it's pretty modest, simple, like seems like a single family home. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think her next idea, right, if there's not, like, a secret room, um, is what kind of electronics does she see? So something that would be receiving yeah. that signal from the the beacon. Well, let me ask. So, I mean, you said, like, no secret room, right? But I just, like, I think the point is that you would ask, like, what the floor plan of the house is, right? Mm-hmm. I think if you wanted to investigate, like, are there secrets in the house? I think I want you to roll for that, though. So is that like what you're doing is like trying to see if there's secret rooms in the house? Well, I mean, so I guess if the first thing was like, look at all the rooms, if there's anything that mm-hmm. jumps out as like, you know, the, just the floorboard creak in a certain way, something yeah, yeah. obvious, right? Okay. Then yeah, yeah. what's what Mara understands is that this beacon is sending a signal to somewhere and the call's coming from inside Correct. the house, right? 
So Correct. logically yes. to her, she's like, what could be receiving that signal? And that's like at yeah. face value. I think if she doesn't find anything, then she's like, okay, it's it's time to start um, looking for hidden compartments and the like. But that was that's her logic flow. So I think go ahead and just to short circuit that, I think go ahead and, and let's roll scope it out now. Mm-hmm. And then we can kind of in answering the questions, like describe, like montage that yeah. that process. It's an eight. OK, an eight. So on an eight. Um, so when you take your time or use sensitive equipment to closely study an object, person or situation, uh, you're all plus calculating. And on a seven to nine, um, your perception is a little dull. So you can ask one question from the list. OK. Oh, I only get one. Does the expert apply here? Hmm. I think maybe the expert could apply here also, you know? I mean, I'll take another one. Because this is about the technology and devices, right? So I think if you want to ask one more from the list, I think you could ask two questions if you wanted to. I think, so again, she's looking for, like, what device would be receiving this. The, I, and and then also kind of harkening back to questions that I asked last session. Like, not yeah. only do I want to know what's going on, but also the who in this situation. So I think yeah. the most, most logical ones for me are uh, who's really in control here and how who or what here could be a useful opportunity. Yeah, okay. So I think that you start going through the house and I think it's like, oh, you're like checking the floorboards and looking around and, and searching everywhere. And you're in the bedroom and everything's really neat. And I think you go and after kind of like looking around the room and like standing there and pausing for a second, you reach down under the bed and start feeling around like the edge of the bed frame. And eventually your fingers like touch something and you pull out a slate from kind of like tucked into a little like hidden slot underneath the bed in the bed frame. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, holding out your glove, it's, like, beeping full blast. Like, this is the destination of the signal. Okay. Yes. And you tap on the slate. And so I think that to answer, I do want to answer your question of also of, like, who's really in control here. But I think, like, what's that's, what that is going to require is combining the information I'm about to give you now with the information that leela has previously received or other members of your party's previous Perfect. have previously received so i'm going to give that to you but i promise i will like make good on that yeah, request yeah, yeah. right so you start like tapping through the slate and i think there's like a bunch of files on it right and you're kind of like oh what do i open i don't know what to look at first but eventually you find one that appears to be labeled p172 perfect but as you go yes. to open the file, you realize that the character that looks like a P is actually the Greek letter Rho. And so it's Rho 172. But when you open this file, I think you take a step back because on the screen of the slate, you see a chart that looks like it could have been cut out of a segment of the graph that you were shown by Dr. Sen back on Earth when you first learned about the true mission of the Minerva Project. But as you're kind of like continuing to flip through the slate, you also see another file that's just called Actives. And you click on it, and 
it's just a list of numbers that you believe are slate numbers, like the numbers that are used to identify a specific device to kind of send a message to her call. So I found this tablet. It has... I now know that whoever is listening in on the minds, at least their, like, alphanumeric system is there implementing some mm. way. Because I'm connecting this back to the, the psi and then yeah. that information. And I'll give you one... And I'll give you one more piece of information that is, is I think, important to note because of, like, the distinction between these things is that this device that you had, this, like, row 172 device, mm-hmm. right? You had found this box that had the the Xi-326, yeah. like, stenciled on the inside lid. And, I mean, that box was, like, quite large. And this device that you have here is quite small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know not sure if those are are one and the same or kind of different things i want to just be clear okay, about that fair i was just saying it, it seems like yeah. like it could be a myriad of different items oh but yeah, yeah they're all they're using the sign of okay i think fair to draw that okay, connection at this point that's fair to say yeah and then this list of slate ids i think the last thing she's gonna do is see if her id the her slate id uh or leela or yeah. arno or nasir's is on there yeah, you look through. I mean, and it's it's no one that you know personally is on the, or none. Like you know, I, if you're like checking against your slate yeah, or against yeah, yeah, those yeah. four, none of those are in there. Okay, fascinating. Okay, I think does Mara feel like she's exhausted the information on the tablet, or if she took it with her, she could extract more. I think you took a move that's called study bug that mm-hmm. says when you have plenty of time and relative safety to study and artifact strange device or unique piece of culture that you don't yet understand you can ask a question right Mm -hmm. so i I think if you you took this thing with you and you wanted to like devote your time to that i bet you could get more out of it right however there's obviously some risks associated with that and so that's kind of your call i think what i'll do actually is i will put the slate back Mm -hmm. and exit the house relock it uh, yeah. And make sure, you know, she's going through, like, there's no trace of her. Um, but she's going to keep the the beacon. She's going to bring the beacon. Yeah. That she's going to do that. Okay. And then, so I think that uh, feeling very successful and completely oblivious to the chaos that is happening downtown, she is going to <laughs> head back to town like a conquering hero. Don't stop me now. <laughs> and let me just ask this. Like, did you did you copy the, like... The, we discussed those two files, like the chart and the and the numbers, right? Yeah. Did you copy those onto your slate or do something to save them? Yeah, th- those two files, I'd say, like, again, copied. And I think that it's fair to say that she's trying to do it in a way that's not, like, she's not going to leave any footprints if it was, like, obvious. You know, just, I'm sure someone equally talented could somehow find a way, right? If that Whatever their expertise is and their roles. Um, but I think yeah. to any layperson that used the tablet, it appears to be like it hasn't been touched like nothing in the house has been touched hey there it's lauren thank you so much for listening to the show If you're enjoying Worlds Away so far and you know someone who has similar refined and sophisticated tastes 
please go ahead and recommend us. If you have no friends, you can also help the show by rating and reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform you use to listen to podcasts. Additionally, give us a shout out on whatever social media platform you swear you're going to quit this year. If you want to say hi, you can also find us on most platforms at Worlds Away Pod or online at worldsawaypod.com. Thanks again for listening. And now back to your episode. So I think after getting pretty much everything that she thinking she can get out of this situation, she's going to head back to the most logical place in her mind that it would be the public safety office where she knows Leela should be at. Um, and she's hopefully thinking Arno and Nasir smartly went back there as well. Little does she know <laughs> it was more yeah. of a by force situation. So, all right. So I think we have... Mara heading back to the Office of Public Safety now. Leela, you are already there, having just been pulled out of your indexing session with Ruby. And Arno and Nasir, I think I think we see you arrive, and um, Herman Eastling drops you off. And I, I think he kind of just gives you a knowing nod as you get out of the car. And I think I think you get the sense that he is genuinely embarrassed or disappointed with how like status has treated you or has been portrayed in this and how the situation has unfolded. And even though he thinks that the shooting needs to be looked at and that there needs to be a full investigation, I think he still doesn't like what, where the evidence is pointing with respect to DCI Capra and how that reflects on, on him and how he has been running the administration on status. So as, as you get out of the car and head into the office of public safety, I think they kind of direct you to a room that's where a lawyer might meet with their client if they've been taken for like questioning or, or being arrested. Mm. And so I think that you are led to this room so you can have a kind of place of privacy to sort of confer with each other. And and I think like Leela is coming to meet you there. Gotcha. Um, but Arno and Nasir, I think you're the first to sort of be led into this room. The moment the door closes, I shove Arno and say, whoa. What the fuck, Lieutenant? Oh, I'm not sure how... I wasn't ready for a shove. Damn. Okay, hold on. I was not ready either. Yeah, give me a second on that. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Did you shove me in the front or the back? I shoved you in the front. Uh, I also... I want to point out... I don't know if I'm invoking this hook. I kind of want to ask. To me, yeah. this is the idea of, like, I lash out. Like, my, many underestimate the horrors of war. I can't help but lash out yes. when I hear it. You're doing that hook. You are that, yeah, that just yeah, yeah. happened. Yes. Um, I think I just pardon. Genuine <laughs> surprise. Pardon. I don't know how they teach you to handle things in the fleet, and I I spit the word fleet like with disgust. But when I see people shooting at unarmed citizens of the verge, I know that that's asking for war. What the hell were you thinking? I'm genuinely disappointed. Excuse I, me? I thought you of all people would understand what just happened. I am visibly shaking. I understand that we needed to get the slate back. I understand what's at stake. I didn't say a word in front of the cameras, in front of the security administrators, but none of them are here right now. 
Anno. Ooh. What the fuck? You cannot shoot whoever you like. I understand that you're shaken and that you're probably not used to wearing a uniform and being shot at at war. I understand. I hit him. I punch him in the face. I punch him in the face. I punch him in the face when he says that you're not used to being shot at. I literally swing. I'm, I'm what, what's the action? Oh, I'm, I'm like taking an action yeah. against it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's firefight. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was not expecting a roll here. Holy it, shit. It's John's favorite activity. Character on character violence. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, All right, I, guys. Oh, we okay, need no, no, nine no, 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 no. Okay, go for it. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm not yeah, good at yeah. this, right? Like, this yeah, is yeah, not. No, an no, that's, that's fine. We're that's all fine. laughing because we're uncomfortable, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving it too. I think go ahead and roll. Yeah. All right. Minus one. Seven. Okay. All right. So firefight. So when you open up yourself up to danger and exchange violence with an enemy, roll plus volatile. On a seven to nine, you exchange harm and choose one. And uh, so no, the, yeah, I, I I don't hit back. I don't raise a hand. Yeah. I don't. Um, okay. I, I, I don't know how you want to play that, but I want to. I'm I'm gonna take the hit. Okay, I think if you take the hit, then so mm. normally what I would have said is I think that you would both take like one harm from that mm. but i think if you just take the hit then this year i don't think you have i mean you can still pick one from the list i think i actually am going to choose one <laughs> yeah uh, you impress your enemy if they are a pc they also suffer one stress oh shit <laughs> damn <laughs> dude sure yeah. <laughs> all right so i think in that case i Arno, actually i'll it says impress dismay or frighten i will actually let mike choose if it's impress dismay or frighten I'll take yeah. Impress. i think we yeah i think we all knew that yeah. one <laughs> yeah i think yeah arno being impressed it, it makes sense i i think that then if that's what you pick i think arno you take one harm yeah and you also take one stress from okay. that yeah that's fine i'm kind of just imagining that scene in mulan where mulan lands a blow on chang and he like looks up and he's like yeah uh, I, it is, yeah, so yeah. I also a thing I want to note Nasir is not in a place where he like Nasir is normally a calm collected person like his his yeah. image is like what is his power comes from Nasir's hands are bloody as does his yeah. clothes he just swung on a colleague his hair is disheveled like deranged is the only word yeah. to describe how I look right now yeah so I, so Mike what happens when you when you take this hit uh, yeah, I think impressed is the right word, right? Like, I'm a little surprised. My eyes kind of pop over here, and I straighten myself up. I, I compose myself. I look at Nasir, and I say, you get one. So, let me ask this. Is this when Leela walks into the room? It's gotta be, right? I made my way across the building. Does Leela... I have a question for... I have a question for Haley. Mo has a question yeah, for Haley. When you walk in... Do you? You're a good reader of people. Like, what is the vibe you get as soon as, like, yeah. fists clenched, covered in blood? So, answer that. I want to know what was Lilo told, other than quote, mm. "There was an incident." I think that you were. To I think that you got like from Randall Lawrence. You okay. got like a basic overview of what he knows, right? Which is that Orno shot a detective in the office of public safety, but. 
according to Nasir and I think like testimony of bystanders, he appeared to have taken Nasir's slate and attacked him at some point before the shooting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think we was going to walk in and see, I guess, where are Nasir and Arno in the room? Um, I imagine so you got the shove in and then you had to close the gap to then punch me in the face. So if there's <laughs> a table the in the middle of the room, I'm probably like standing like right in front of the table. You might have enough space between you and the front door that Leela can open the door, but not much more room beyond that. That Is seems that accurate. That seems perfect. Cool. Okay. Also, the role reversal of Arno being calm and Nasir being a violent megalomaniac is... Oh, this is great. I like it. Um, So I think Leela's going to pop open the door, kind of squeeze in and close the door, and then just take everything in. So I think she's going to see, like, the blood, but it's clear, you know, it, she knows that there was a shooting. And then I think she's just going to read the body language of just, like, probably Arno, like, holding his face a little bit wherever... Nasir punched him and she's me like so 10 paces at dawn when Leela says that all of the air will go out of Nasir and I will fall on my butt (laughs) (laughs) so I think at this point Mara gets here and I I realize also this was actually the exact same order that you all showed up to the (laughs) the briefing at the beginning always (laughs) Um, I think what happens is she she comes in in a complete, in like a blind panic. And she's like, have you all heard? There has been a shooting downtown. There's it. And she's like. <laughs> and then I think she's just going to say, oh, oh, I see. I, I. Don't worry, it's not his blood. I, I believe I need more information. <laughs> uh, I think we was going to uh, scoff and say, oh, Mara, it's. It's really quite obvious. See, this time, Arno has done something to provoke Nasir. That actually doesn't surprise me, but please continue. (laughs) (laughs) We're right in the room. You're reading us and we're in the room. And it seems the four of us need to have a chat. And I think at the same time, like, Leela and Mara just, like, look at Arno and Nasir and are like, well. (laughs) Gentlemen, I I believe we're waiting. Someone attempted to steal my slate. They took off running. I followed them. Lieutenant Hines followed me. When I caught up with them, they incapacitated me and kept running. (sighs) Lieutenant Hines took them out. They were still alive, but in critical condition. We recovered the slate. The thief was an officer of the Office of Public Safety. Hmm. From from this building? The very same. On orders from, from Lawrence? I don't know. According to Eastling, he was off duty. What did the two of you find out? No, no, Nasir. Hold on. Let's not forget where they were following us from. We were in the barrows. We went to meet uh, with the councilwoman, but she had already been apprehended by the very same Office of Public Safety. So we met with her chief of staff, Oscar, instead. Well, where you failed, I succeeded. And I had a 
nice long chat with Councilwoman Watson. You mentioned you spoke to Oscar from her office, her chief of staff. Correct. Yeah. Turns out that Oscar was the only one who knew that Ruby was going to be incommunicado at the time that the sabotage occurred. But where she was when her slate was off is perhaps more interesting. Turns out she's been meeting with some rather radical revolutionaries in a particular house in the south side of the city. I think at this point, like Mara just goes ahead and pulls out the thing. She's like kind of like exhausted because she had heard none of this and now is hearing all of it. And I think she kind of just slams uh, the beacon down on the table and sits down kind of in a huff and says, I assume the house you're speaking of is the same location that this beacon that I found in the mine at the site of the explosion. This beacon was contacting, but it's just a hunch. Well, then. (laughs) So at this point, I think we just all put our cards on the table and Mara yeah. shares everything, like kind of the the broader beats about going down to the mine and, and discovering mm. everything. Um, and yeah. I think that everyone goes around round robin and kind of discusses what they learned and we all hash everything out. Yeah. 100%. Do we, do we mm. want to like lay out what we yes. know at this point and kind yeah. of go through that? Because I, I think as GM, I feel like now we're at the stage of like, oh, if not solving the mystery, then figuring out what's the, the next step yeah, to solve yeah, the mystery. Yeah. So- I Nasir knows the following. The reactor was not truly sabotaged. It was only made to look like it was sabotaged because the backup was never cut. It's only made mm-hmm. to look like it would have been cut. You would have needed to know how to do that. And there weren't a lot of people who would have known how to do that Two, When we talked to Ruby's office, Oscar was being deliberately cagey about his answer to who he believed did the crime, uh, implying that it wasn't Ruby just that the evidence strongly suggested Ruby. I also like obviously know everything about like my slate getting stolen and the, the shooting, but I think we've shared that. That's the information that I have mm. Uh, mm. sort of outstanding. We know that um, Jacob Capra was supposedly off duty while he was tailing us and attempted to steal Nasir's uh, slate. We know that there was some sort of non-mining accident explosion at the mine. Um, From there, in that kind of rubble, Mara discovered a beacon that was sensing something and communicating that reading back to some uh, slate in a house on kind of uh, the south side of town. Mm -hmm. That house directly leads back to this kind of clandestine meeting that Leela discovered Ruby was having with someone, some woman, as she identified her. And Mara also knows that the beacon seems connected to the Xi-326 box that we found yes. in the yeah. unconscious. And she, she has those those no, those numbers, right, mm. of the active slate numbers and yeah. um, the information about the row. Yeah. And Leela knows that, that Oscar is the only person that knew that Ruby was going to have her tablet off or... That mm-hmm. Ruby thinks that Oscar is the only person that knew that she was going to have her tablet off. Yeah. Okay. So that I feel like that's all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We know that there was a list of active slate numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
and that we don't recognize any of those names, right? Yeah, those numbers don't link back to anything that any number that Mara has identifiable in her slate. So I think we should sort this into what is the vast conspiracy about the luster <laughs> disappearing and yes. what is the smaller conspiracy about the the sabotage. Well, yeah. it seems like the two are connected, right? The house connects the two of them because the house mm-hmm. is connected to the mine, to the beacon that was found in the mine. And we know that there was something unusual happening in the mine, which is one of the reasons we came here. But we also know that Ruby is involved with that house and may, and with the activities that are going on there and that she knows that it would be damaging for people to find out she was there, which implies that it's illegal or unsavory in some way. And then we also know that Ruby was framed for trying to do the reactor failure. And there's one other piece of information that you have that I don't think that anyone mentioned yet, which is that when you were Lila, when you were about to go into the into the interview mm-hmm. for the like of, mm-hmm. of Ruby, Randall Lawrence had said that the only two people that could have if the video was faked, mm-hmm. the only two people that could have done it were him or Herman Eastling. We also know that uh, a subordinate of Randall Lawrence attempted to steal my slate which had mm-hmm. the evidence that the mine was not really sabotaged. The the power plant. The power plant, excuse me. So, setting apart the intrigue about the Lustra and focusing on our situation at hand right now, we believe that Lawrence or Eastling was the one potentially fabricating the evidence against Councilwoman Ruby. I suspected that there might be someone else involved. That's why we went to the Barrows in the first place. I think uh, Randall Lawrence seems like the prime suspect. One thing doesn't square. Mm. If they can fake all of the evidence that they need to make an arrest, then why draw the attention and bring us on world in the first place? Herman wanted us here. I mean, the press out of Kansas was largely positive about us assisting in the verge if i were a pro-republic government i would want the minerva project here but the only thing that could go wrong is that we find out that it's staged or that it's not what it seems why take the risk if herman didn't know it was staged it's not a risk for him to insist we come here or conversely if it was herman randall lawrence taking the risk this is not really a risk. Only one of them would have known unless they were both in on You're suggesting they were both in on it? I think we need to understand who of the two of them is more likely to have been involved in this. That seems to be what we're debating now. And I don't think the answer lies inside this room. Mm. Unfortunately, we do have to contend with the fact that Arno committed what's arguably a crime and it's a non-factor why do you say that because whoever went ahead and ordered capra to tail us went through the trouble of making sure that he was off the clock so that they were able to have plausible deniability for him being a rogue actor an element over here if somebody's covering this up they're going to cover this up as one guy going rogue for whatever reason we're about to find out in the next half hour, hour, whatever they decide to say to smooth things all over. And the fact that Eastling 
seems to be embarrassed about the whole thing suggests that they're looking to sweep this under the rug as quickly as possible and put more attention on the reason we were brought here in the first place, which was the power plant. I expect they're going to say that Capra was somehow involved with that. If we do nothing, it takes care of itself. If we do nothing, they arrest an innocent woman. They arrest someone for the wrong crime. What? I'm sorry. What crime did she commit? There was an explosion in the mine. Ruby's been going to that house that's linked to the explosion in the mine. If they wa- if we want to direct them to that house to start investigating, why not just do that? To assume that Ruby was the perpetrator of the explosion because she visited the same house that was connected to the explosion is a stretch even for the military. Did you ask her why she was going to that house? It's not as simple as asking. So no, you didn't ask. I'm going to return to see Oscar. Dr. Belova, you have a copy of the security footage, correct? We may be able to get more information out of him if he understands that we know it's a fake. Yes, it seems like if he was the one who faked it or knows who it was, then that's the next logical step for this portion of the mystery. Ruby might hold some of the other information we need, though. Leela Arno? I didn't mention that our session didn't end quite as well as it could have. We were interrupted. I couldn't finish it in the way I normally would. First timers, she may not want to talk to me, but we need to find out what was going on in that house. That's okay. We're coming with gifts this time. Does Is Arno holding up the cannelay? Like, yes. Yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> I meant to ask about this. What does the cannelay box look like at this point? It's a little crumpled. <laughs> I assume that it's a cardboard yeah. box or something like roughly yeah. similar to that and not like a really nice wooden box. It's a, it, 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 yeah, I got like a like stacked <laughs> and like a little pushed and stuff like that. I don't think there's yeah. any blood does on that, it. I was Ugh. just about to say, does that have blood on it? Not in a Sears. I think it's wild that you, while chasing Nasir through the crowd, and after drawing your firearm and shooting someone, you were holding the cannelay the whole time. Just to clarify. Arno really wants to complete the side quest. He needs to get it off of his itinerary. Yeah. I was say I had, I, had, I had meant to write down to ask like, as the first question in the scene, like what happened to the cannelay, and I yeah. totally forgot, so I'm kind of sad. Well, I think it might be specked with some blood from when Nasir yes. punched Arno. Oh, maybe. There's also that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So so what I hear is Nasir, you and Mara want to go talk to Oscar Mina back in the Barrows. Is that After correct? After I wash my hands. Yeah. Yeah. And then Leela and Arno, you want to talk to Ruby. Mm-hmm. So I think I want to do Leela and Arno first. But I think that you're going to have to like get through Randall Lawrence if you're going to talk to Ruby again. Oh, I'm so excited. I would love for Arno to take the lead on this one. I would like to walk with the the uh, cannelay box kind of tucked under my arm type situation, hands in my pockets. Like nothing went wrong. Like nothing out of the ordinary happened today. Walking, I guess, like kind of looking at Leela, just like actually, Leela, I need some directions over here. Maybe I shouldn't be leading. All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna walk back to uh, the the questioning room. 
the interrogation room. Okay. I think what it actually is, is as you're walking up to the door, Randall Lawrence comes down the hallway in the opposite direction and sees mm-hmm. you like walking up to the door. And I think he says, Ms. Malik, Lieutenant Hines, where are the two of you going? We didn't get a chance to finish my interview with Councilwoman Watson. I'm just here to make sure there aren't any more off-duty officers in there with her. I think when you say that, Randall Lawrence looks offended, right? Mm. And he says, Lieutenant Hines, your trigger-happy behavior is fortunately something not shared by members of my office. They seem to fade through the tasers as I saw. With respect to what happened in the Barrows, for that I have no explanation. But I guarantee you that I will get to the bottom of it. Then you'll be relieved to know that I'm happy to take your guarantee. I think he says, like, when you interrupt him a second time, I think he says, Lieutenant Hines, you've managed to aggravate the situation here more than I thought possible for a member of the Republic attempting to promote unity. I think in the background, Lila kind of shrugs and like, you know, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Given the way you've treated this discussion, I am not inclined to allow you to speak with Counselor Watson. I completely understand, and I'm sure that your investigation on world is going to go swimmingly with my investigation off world. And that's totally fine. I do wonder, though, if we can't help each other out. I've already done you a favor in handling an off duty cop who was attacking diplomats from off the world uh, and making sure that he couldn't cause any more harm to anybody else. And now I want to finish the investigation that you called us here to start, uh, which, as I understand, is totally unrelated to me and my colleagues being attacked by your off-duty officers. I think you're trying to manipulate here, right? I Can I flesh out a little bit of like what I'm yeah, sure. getting at here is I would like yeah. to insinuate that like if he's getting in the way then I think that I want him to know that I think he's involved with Capra or like involved with Capra following yeah. us and, and things like I, that. I think he gets that, but yeah. I just, I don't think that you're in tip like that you, yeah. that him thinking that you think that mm. like, I think you get the sense from talking to him. And I'll just give this to you that he like understands that this looks bad yeah. and he's genuinely like, doesn't like the way that this went down at all. Mm. But I think that he, He's not like feeling intimidated by you, if that makes sense. So that's why I don't think you're rolling like intimidate here. Sure. You're trying to like persuade him that this is in the best interest to like not make it look bad. You know what I mean? Right. But that's not like putting a threat over him, you know? So, and yeah. I will also say, I think that you have to roll with disadvantage because you were just such an ass to him. All right, cool. Fair. Also shooting the guy. That I, that I think he would have given him pass on. But. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, wow. What am I rolling? Um, it's plus Manipulate. slick. Oh Jesus! Worlds away. Pro Uh-oh. shooting. All right, hold on. That's n- never my never been John's position. Please edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Amateur shooting. Even then, shooting ranges. All right, let's see here. Bump Arno, Whoa. get your gun. Eight. Let's go. <laughs> That's so Holy good. Holy shit! All right, awesome. Uh, 
So, all right, so when you use Promises, Guile, or Charm to manipulate someone into doing what you want, um, you roll plus Slick. So on a 7 to 9, they can choose one, which is they make a counteroffer to be settled now before they do what you want. Or they ask you to promise something and provide concrete assurance that you'll follow through, and then they'll do what you want. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I think what he says is, from your swagger in this discussion, it's clear that you know more than you're letting on. It's time to stop playing games. Level with me, and we can do this together. I have a hunch that you're investigating the wrong crime. I'd like to confirm that. What do you mean? Uh, I think Leo will kind of step forward and say, there's more than one kind of activity that someone might not want their slate on for. And in this case, I agree with my colleague. You may be able to find something else that Councilwoman Watson has been involved in that may actually be more serious than the sabotage. I think he pauses for a second and then looks to you two and says, I'll be watching. Do you walk into the room? Yeah. Who goes first? Um, I'll go first. <laughs> so what do you do when you walk in, Arno? Um, I walk in. I put down the box of Connolly on a corner of the table. I extend a hand uh, to Councilman uh, Watson. Lieutenant Arno Hines. And does Leela walk in? Like, is, is Leela by the door at this point, or where is Leela? Yeah, yeah. Leela's going to walk in uh, behind Arno. I think she sees Leela walk in mm. and just says, I'm done talking to you. Well, hold on. We've there. come a long way. Actually, one second. It's it's a bit stifling in here. Do you mind if... And I'm going to uh, just unbutton my jacket to reveal the <laughs> Councilman Watson campaign teacher. Ruby for you. Ruby for you. She's um, no one's puppet. <laughs> she sees that and just, I think, just like looks like confused and then like kind of laughs and says, Flattery's not going to help. Believe me, it's been a day. I made a stop down at the Barrows, went to your campaign office, and uh, left with a memento. I find myself in a very odd situation here. As I said, I'm not talking. Are you eating? <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> Would you care for a Connolly? We got these from Femborg, and I gotta be honest with you, my boss asked me to pick these up from Mon World, and I think it's the most pretentious thing in the world that he's got an entire diplomatic mission running deliveries for him. So frankly, I don't mind if a couple go missing. Um, and if you'd be so inclined to share one or two with me, uh, you'd be doing me a whole lot of good. So do you like open the box or like, what yeah, do you do? Yeah, I'll open the box. She kind of like looks at, it, I think she laughs or like kind of not made off a laugh, like a scoff. Right. And I think she takes one and like takes a bite out of it. Okay. So here's the thing. I respect that you're not talking. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of talking. I hope you'll do a little bit of listening and understand that I'm not here to waste your time. I know at the house, we've seen the house, we've been to the house. We understand that there was a signal coming from the house to the mine. She Something happened pushes over the there. chair back. And as you're talking, like 
walks toward the back wall of the room and kind of faces the wall. The last time that we had to investigate a mine, there was technology beyond my comprehension there, uh, a ship waiting for us that nearly killed our entire diplomatic mission. I don't know how involved you are with the people that are doing things in the mines, but I need to get a sense for how much you know you're doing down there. And you can leave it at silence, and I can leave you where you are. But I don't think that's helping anybody here. Hmm. What's Leela doing while Arno says this? Um, I think Leela has judged it wisest to stay in the back of the room and keep her mouth shut. Okay. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I do think this is another manipulate role. Okay. Do I have to do this with this advantage as well? No, no, okay. I think you get this as a straight roll. Yay. She likes what an asshole you are. I was kind of tempted with, with like what, uh, because of Leela's prior interaction, but I think with you hanging back, that doesn't affect the situation. Okay. So. Oh, jeez. Oh. Oh, oh. oh, I leveled. Congratulations. <laughs> well, alley-oop. Silver linings. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Are they? <laughs> well, let me, let me ask now. Then, just like Mike, what advance do you want to take? Um, I wanted to take. Uh, where are we over here? Uh, battle commander. Okay. And what is that? Uh, when you roll recover, you may choose from uh one of the uh, following options on the list. Give an ally an order. They have advantage uh, going forward if they follow the order. All right. Cool. So what she says is, I think she hears you say all that and i think she's kind of just like staring at the wall but then i think she kind of like straightens her back and she turns around and says i hear you talk about a house i don't know what you're referring to all i know is that she messed with my head when i had offered to help i'm done talking to you and i want a lawyer and she sits down in the chair can I? I'm really interested in what Leela is like feeling right now with this kind of accusation lobbed at her. I just like I, I'm I'm very interested. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, Leela's definitely f- she's gonna respond to that. Um, I think she's a little bit in like gaslight mode, <laughs> honestly, of how she's gonna talk to ruby about it but i do feel like she's um she's on tilt yeah what what does she do yeah so i think she's going to at that say listen i understand that the session didn't end very smoothly it's actually quite disorienting to be interrupted during an indexing session and that is not how I like to do things, but what happened was all you. So I think when you say that, though, mm-hmm. the door opens and Randall Lawrence is there. And I Ooh. think that's when we cut away.
So, Nasir and Mara, mm-hmm. how do you get to the to the Barrows? I um, well, no. No, 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 please. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think say, the only thing I wanted to say, sorry, I just said go ahead and then I kept talking. You <laughs> go. Dick I'm going to wait. Um, the only thing I did want to say is that I think we, we ditched the uniforms. One, because it's just a bad look right now. And two, because Nasir's is in fact covered in blood. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what are you wearing if not the uniforms? Uh, I am just wearing, there's just a, I took off my jacket and the shirt that was underneath because they're both covered in blood. And so I think I'm just wearing like a black tank top and mm. uh, I like probably change into whatever like training shorts are available uh, at the office of public safety since my pants are also covered in blood. Okay. Mm. So you have like workout clothes on essentially. Yes. I also think Mara at this point you get a shot like you, you get to see my arms <laughs> and see that like this year has is that where this is going? <laughs> well, I'm just this year has some tattoos. Okay. Uh, including a like one on his shoulder and a couple on his right arm uh, that you normally don't see because he is almost always uh, like very prim and proper and like long sleeve shirts and stuff. Yeah, I think uh, unfortunately, like underneath the the windbreaker is just like a smart business casual of the future, like their version of like the button up in slacks. She has some like very smart, stylish business looking shoes, but they're also like engineered for like you can go into active workspaces and stuff like how the secret service has like special suits and shoes that they can sprint in um but this still looks stylish i think that's kind of like the getup she has yeah that's awesome so it's so it's just the two of us walking down the street and it's like I, I, it, we're a sight yeah i also i want to like talk to mara as we walk if that's yeah, all no, right. no, no. I, I would like to have a conversation i think mara is, is like objectively nervous um, and she's doing like the hand wringing kind of motion, and she does in fact. She keeps maybe kind of glancing over and waiting for Nasir to start talking, but genuinely does not know how to begin. I think as soon as we're like out of like eyesight of the Office of Public Safety, um, if the information on my slate had gotten out, that could have had disastrous consequences for everyone. I know that we have been attacked more than once, but I don't think we've quite reckoned with exactly what is at stake if any information gets out. And I think that you see that, like, although I am, like, much more composed than I normally am, my eyes have not settled, and there's still, like, a a crazed look to them. Yeah. This is... I, I can't even fathom. It's so much bigger than I could have ever believed. I mean, <laughs> it's almost amusing to think what a problem we had with those drones. And now I'd take a drone any day other than the situation that happened with you two today was so terrible. Are you doing at acceptable (laughs) she's not she's trying (laughs) i think that when she says acceptable like (sighs) this year like i smile uh despite myself and i'm just like i am doing acceptable (laughs) uh is this when you get to the office or is this uh 
I think I, acceptable as we sort of walk up the steps. Yeah. yeah. So you, I mean, so you're back at the the campaign office, Nasir and, and Mara. You've never been there before, mm-hmm. but um, Nasir, what do, what do you do on getting there? I actually, uh, I will greet uh, the woman we met the first time. Yeah, and I will say uh, we need to see the councilwoman's chief of staff immediately. She says, "Can I tell him what this is about?" He knows. <laughs> Yeah, so she sort of gives like a concerned look and then goes up the stairs and um, after a minute comes back down and says, Mr. Mina, we'll see you now. Thank you. So you're, you're led up to the second floor, again, of this kind of small, like narrow office and sitting at the same desk, you see Oscar Mina, the man that you met before, who's uh, Ruby Watson's chief of staff. He, at this time, he doesn't like stand up from the desk. As you walk in. Mm. Mr. Mina, um, we know it wasn't the councilwoman. He kind of gets like a a surprised look and says, I don't know what you mean. I've seen the footage. So I think at this point, Mara is going to walk over and say, let us dispense of these falsehoods. I will prove that the video was fabricated. So I would appreciate it if you could not waste more of my time and would just honestly and sincerely tell us what you know about this conspiracy. A man has been shot. Did you think your actions were going to lead to this? Because they have. Huh. So okay, I I do I I want you to roll something, and I'm trying yeah. to figure out what it is. It feels like it's manipulate, but I'm not sure. I well, it's either that or stalwart, because that's keep your cool. I feel like that's more I, like resisting you. it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure, I think it's, it's totally manipu- totally I think fair. it's manipulate. So okay, yeah. So go ahead and roll plus slick. Gotcha. Come on, something good. Nope. Oh, <laughs> that would be a fail. Damn. Okay. Get that XP. Experience. That experience. God, failing right at the end just sucks. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still riding high off all the information I got yeah. at the beacon, so. Oh, you got us the good good. I don't think that this is as, like, disastrous as the other fail, right? Well, let me, <laughs> mm-hmm. let me see. If you're um, gonna fail, fail hard. Well, I, I like what you just said, so if you could stick with that thought process, I would enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine that he actually just, like, crumbles and starts sobbing and he's just such a puddle of nonsense that we can't get anything more out of him. <laughs> I think what happens is Oscar kind of like leans back in his chair and says, I don't know what you're talking about. And then is like Julie and kind of like yells into the hallway. I am going to try to make it to the door and lock it before she can come. Whoa. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I think you can just do that. I don't think that that you're going to need a roll. I think you do that and he stands up from the desk and looks alarmed. A man is in critical condition. An innocent councilwoman elected by the people might go to prison over a stunt. Fuck it. Uh, I'm going to reveal that the sabotage was not complete. Okay. I think like as at this point also you start to hear like banging on the door. But yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead and say what you're going to say. We have evidence that we have sent off-world 
that the sabotage at the reactor was staged and not a threat. Ruby Watson is being framed, and we have significant evidence to that point. If you know who did this, they are a person who threatened to send the entirety of The Verge spiraling. One man is already in critical condition. If you know something, you need to tell us. So I feel like this is also manipulate. Sounds good to me. But. Second shot. Second shot. Second shot. Well, let me ask I this, do. actually. Let me ask this. Is this like manipulate or is this intimidate? So I'm not trying to intimidate him and make him afraid of me. I am trying to like play on his conscience that like this is a bad like like bad things are already happening because of this. Like you like the truth is the is like the real power here. Uh, and like yeah. we can we can stop this. I also did give him more information. Like, it's not like we're just getting yeah, a free yeah, shot. Yeah. 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 No, no. Yeah, you're right. Initially, you I like I mean, like the sheen has probably worn off, but you did successfully use a move on him where you like connected to him. I have no yeah. idea. Again, the longevity of that. But yeah, you did. I I mean, I just really For think worth, I'm rolling with disadvantage regardless. Because OK, that was what I was going to say. And is that because of your hook or? Yes. And which hook is that? It was the hook that I used last time, the the one that makes me still feel a little deranged, and it's what I'm talking about here. Many okay. underestimate the horrors of war. I can't help but lash out when I hear it. And okay. this is still I'm still talking about the war. Okay. Right? So I th- I think that's fine. I think you have to roll with disadvantage. And I think that I'll just say that because of like the fact that Lauren already failed and you escalated by locking the door, like the consequences of a fail are gonna be harder, right? But but I think this is like your best shot. So um I am rooting for you, sincerely. But yeah, go for it. Come on. I mean, it either succeeds or I level up. No, oh. uh, that is a that is a five. Yeah, that is a five. Rip. Oh, I, have, so yeah. I am gonna level up. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm go ahead and to do that. How do I fucking end this mission? Jesus Christ! Yeah, we we yeah, we are getting nothing. Yeah, we have we have, we have struck out now at uh, like. At least three, if not four times. I mean, we yeah. could just fa- we can fail the mission. Like that is an option. Yeah, yeah. Here's so here's what I think happens. I think you say that, right? And I think like Julie kicks down the door. Julie, holy fuck! Julie doesn't skip leg day. <laughs> no. I actually think that Mara will turn to her and say, "Do you know that this man here?" framed councilwoman ruby she says i know no such thing but you two need to leave of course i'll grab my slate and i'll walk out i think she's just gonna walk past and just say disappointing (laughs) so lauren mentioned that you've been striking out a bit and well, I think there are still a few more things that you could do to crack this case. I also think that your options are starting to run out. And I also said that the consequences of failing the second role are going to be greater. And so I want to lay down a marker now. And that's that if we fail one more role, this investigation is going to end without your input. And that is going to be a failure of the mission. Hmm. Fucking A. Also, um, 
I leveled up. Yeah. Uh, okay. I am going to take a stump speech. Okay. When you try to convince someone of a fact about your past, regardless of whether it's true, you have advantage. Okay, cool. I like it. So we cut back at this point to the office of public safety. So you're in the other side of this room and Randall Lawrence says, what was all of that about a house and the mine? Okay. I'm fine. We got caught up in like a conspiracy of some sort to frame somebody over here who was uh, a really inconvenient thorn on your side. I get it. You're trying to play nice uh, with the Republic. It just so happened that we got here. Uh, We're really good at investigating things and things started to unravel. Um, I get that. I get that you needed some insurance. You wanted to know what we knew uh, and your guy got caught and it's really unfortunate. And now uh, you want to go ahead and keep the whole piece together because it's going to be really destabilizing uh, when shit goes wrong and the conspiracy is exposed. I don't frankly care. And the thing of it is that like the, that you caught somebody that was doing something, but you framed them for something else that had nothing to do with it. And so we're investigating that. That has my interest right now. Um, because I know that you're going to go ahead and do your thing and cover up everything that's happened over here that looks really embarrassing for Satis and for the rest of the council. Uh, and I'm going to continue investigating over here because as far as I'm concerned, the things that are going on uh, in that house are way more compelling to me than whatever you brought us here for in the first place. So what are you trying to get with that? Just uh, I, I want to just get him not like I, I, it seems like he was really angry right before this. Right. And I, I think I'm, I just want to catch him off guard enough to like for him to be more surprised than angry. Is it is it tr- like uh, what I'm hearing and maybe I'm wrong here, Mike, yeah. is that like you want him to know that you both a yeah. think he framed or a you yeah. think he framed Ruby B you think you have sufficient evidence to prove he framed Ruby and three you don't give a fuck. Kind of, yeah, that's basically, that's basically. Also, there's a bigger mystery that we're kind of letting him in on a little bit as too much as he can help us. Can, can I, yeah. I would like, I would like Leela tell, like, see if she can tell if Randall knows what the fuck we're talking about or not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What move is that? So Leela's special, her background gives her advantage when she's trying to okay. uh, pierce uh, lies, confusion, or mystery and see wisdom beyond. So I feel like if I rolled like scope it out or something and had advantage. Yeah. Okay. I think that's right. I think go ahead and do that. Okay. I'm glad that I have advantage because I have a negative one on that. So <laughs> finally, somebody rolls with fucking advantage. <laughs> okay. And I get a D20 on top of that, right? That's advantage. That is not correct. <laughs> I, that I is, think that's, that's super yeah, not correct. advantage. You roll two D20 and you take the <laughs> higher not, of the two rolls. This is not correct. <laughs> I thought you just add them. There's only one D20 in this game, and it's the power reactor. Okay, that's a seven. Okay. All right. Nice. So, a seven. Okay. So, on a seven, you get to ask one question from the scope it out list. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to go with who or what here is not what they seem. And what you're trying to get at with that more specifically is whether Randall Lawrence knows anything about any of the stuff that Arno just kind of levied at him. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I think up until this point, he's been saying, oh, you know, I don't know what you're talking about with framing Ruby Watson. And I want to figure out if he's the one who framed her and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I think he turns to Arno when, when you kind of like levy this whole list of charges at him. And he said, he just says, I thought the Republic was sending its best. 
<laughs> and Leela, you get from him just that like he is disappointed at the like raving outrage that was levied at him essentially amazing okay he's disappointed he's not kind of defensive or he has just like no idea like what he was talking about this is so good this is so good this is so much better than i could have hoped yeah okay so i think leela's gonna put her hand on arno's shoulder and say arno stop remember there were two people who could have framed councilwoman watson i have a feeling we're talking to the one who didn't. Okay. So all that talk earlier about not playing the games and you and I had no idea what the other was talking about. Great. Great. <laughs> Love it when that happens. Awesome. <sighs> Let me give you one piece of information that I think will that will reconcile a lot of gaps in your knowledge. When we investigated the power plant, the malfunction was set up in such a way that if left unchecked, it could not have harmed anybody. The backup valve was never actually shut down. It was made to look like it was shut down. So even if you didn't get there in time, nothing was going to happen. And the reason why that looks like a setup is Ruby Watson doesn't know enough about power plants to do that well enough. So if you didn't do this and set her up and she doesn't know what the hell's going on over here, then you're now part of the team and investigating what the hell is going on. He, I think he takes a second and says, you say the backup valve was incorrectly disabled and that Ruby Watson isn't capable of this. What if it was just a mistake? She would have needed to make a mistake that is way harder to do on purpose. I think she's capable of send anyone over there to look at it. It's surprising to me that nobody else caught it before we did. The reason Ruby Watson couldn't have done this is because she wasn't there. Her slate was off, but she was not at the reactor. She was at another location. And where was that? There's a house on the south side. Actually, that's it. There's, the, there's a house on the south side, and I'll give the, the rough location of where that is. Okay. Yeah. I think when you do that, mm. Randall Lawrence, like, takes out his slate and makes a couple taps. Mm. And then puts it away. So I think let's cut back to... Mm-hmm. Mara and Nasir here. So what are the two of you doing now that you've left the campaign office? Uh, I think that Mara and Nasir are, are walking out of the building after getting kicked out by the surprisingly, like, <laughs> aggressive... <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. apparently if you're gonna, like, live in the barrows, you gotta learn how to scrap. But, uh, so I think that, like, Mara's kind of deep in thought and I think she looks at Nasir and she's like, I would like to engage in a nonsense session. Go on. We have been operating under the assumption that there are two people who could have framed the councilwoman. But 
Based on Leela's conversation, I don't believe that's accurate. Whoever she was meeting with put her up to some task that she said she could not complete. After that, she was framed. If we approach it from that angle, the simplest solution is that the people who had been conducting illegal activities with her wanted her out of the way. Mm. That it was never a political assassination. No. Perhaps because she refused to help them in regards to the Lustra. Whatever they're doing. If we entertain this line of reasoning, what do we know about the people who contacted her? And what do we know about what they asked her to do? Nothing now, but we do have a collection of numbers that might at least point us towards some suspects. Do you want to return to the house? No, I actually think (laughs) the only people who can help us are individuals with the computational power to run and access the identities behind these slate numbers, which would be the individuals in charge of public safety. Uh, I'm going to contact Leela because I'm very mad at Arno right now. Okay. Um, um, Miss Malik. Yes. Is there any chance we can get clearance to trace slate numbers from the Office of Public Safety? We're in the middle of a interesting conversation with Lawrence. I'll see what we can do. And what did she say? I think Arno pissed off Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, of course. I I am confident Arno pissed off Lawrence. (laughs) So, okay, let's cut back to Arno and Leela. So, like, do you, like, what do you tell, like, Randall Lawrence about the numbers? Do you want to do that, or? So, I think I'm just going to, I assume, like, I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's, like, talking to people or trying to get them to to check out the house or whatever. But I just want to kind of interrupt him and tap him on the shoulder and say, in the spirit of working together, When we investigated the house earlier today, we came across some information that at the time didn't seem particularly relevant, but now may be the best lead we have. And then I'm going to send him the list of slate numbers and say, can you trace this? The identities could be the key. So I I think that like and Nasir Mar, are you going back to the Office of Public Safety? Or yeah, the are you intent was to now? go and like have like be part of it and not just kind of hand it over to him. But I mean, like as long yeah. as I like, I would like to be there when we figure out like crack it because it is shit that yeah. I did collect. So I, I think I think you're all there, and I, I think he's kind of like running it through their computer, and I think there are a bunch of there are like several numbers on the list. I think there's probably like nine numbers on the list. Hmm. And two, like, I think two of them are, are notable for your purposes. So one of the numbers is Ruby Watson's slate. Yepers. The other number, I think they're like, I think there's some confusion about it first because the location of that slate appears to be at present inside the office of public safety. The calls come from inside the house. And 
I guess like the question is like, do you want to call the slate? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. So I think that you call and on a desk in the bullpen we kind of described earlier, there's a buzzing sound, right? And it's coming from a evidence bag and the slate you discover was taken from DCI Capra. Um, the next move would be to investigate that uh, like slate. So calls yeah. in and out or files or anything like that. It's my gut reaction. Yeah. Okay. So I think go ahead and roll scope it out then. Fucking... <laughs> Woo! Woo! Scope. Roll I think you out. can scope I think, it out. I think luckily though, you can do it with advantage because it Thank is. Thank you. We're a... literally in the middle of like a police precinct. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's because of your expertise, right? Okay. Because it's engineering technology and devices, right? Oh wait, no, that wait, sorry. That doesn't give you an advantage, right? No, no. So Which it should. I find that BS, but whatever. Play that, just roll. Yeah. Play that. Come on. <laughs> So that is a six. a six. I mean, I. We just. How many rolls can we fail? I don't really. I just okay, want to be clear. I haven't failed any rolls and I still have no XP. <laughs> you don't deserve any XP. <laughs> so go ahead, mark XP. And if you leveled up, um, you can say what advance you're going to take. Um, Calculating. Yeah. Well, it's already a plus two, so... Um, Never mind. I think I'll actually add one to uh, Slick. So, earlier I explained that if we failed one more roll, this investigation was going to end without your input. And I'm going to explain what happens next. But, Lauren, one of the options for expert is that when you make a role related to your expertise, which in this case is engineering technology and devices, you can ask the space master one question and I'll answer it. And so as you're looking through the slate, if you have mm. one question, I want to know what that is. And then I'm going to narrate what happens next. Yeah. So I guess I just want to know, like, who is this guy working with? Is it Randall Lawrence been janking her chain the whole time and somehow it's like the best actor in the world? Is it Eastling, this like wrinkly old man who's sitting back and palpitating the fuck out of this shit? Or is it these other like mysterious conspirators that kind of I pitched? So I think you start tapping through the slate and we see that there is only a single number responsible for all of the calls and messages on this device whoever's at the other end of this number they directed capra to tail ruby watson they directed him to spy on the council and they directed him to take nasir's slate and when Molly Hill, who's the constable who helped Mara with the security footage, tries to trace that number. We see that all of the calls and messages came from the house 
that you visited on the south side of Lindus. And when this information pops up on the screen, we see Randall Lawrence toward the back of the room tap on his slate and hold it up to his ear as if to make a call. And then I think we have a time jump. The next day, the four of you are standing on a platform in the atrium of the council hall. On the opposite side of the platform is Randall Lawrence, the head of public safety. And at the center, standing behind a podium, is Herman Eastling, chair of the council, who is currently addressing a crowd of reporters. And he says, I am here today to make a grave announcement to the people of Satis, but one for which we owe our sincere thanks to the Minerva Project and to our friends in the Republic. Over the past 24 hours, the Office of Public Safety has made several arrests in connection with a suspected ring of Aventinian spies. I can also confirm that one of the individuals arrested was Councillor Ruby Watson, along with eight others whose names will be revealed when charges are filed in court. We also suspect that these same Aventinian agents were responsible for the sabotage of the power reactor, though our investigation into that incident remains ongoing. These arrests are based on significant evidence uncovered at a house on the outskirts of Lindus, the address of which we will distribute shortly, along with several admissions from the accused. And as Eastling is talking, we cut away and we see a montage of several scenes from the past day. We see an interrogation room where a detective starts placing a series of pictures and documents in front of Ruby Watson. We see a hospital bed where Jacob Capra slowly opens his eyes but then looks down at his arm, which is handcuffed to the side of the bed frame. And we also see several ordinary people just living their lives, but interrupted when they are confronted and taken into custody by the constables on Satis. I think we see a woman wearing a business suit who's in the middle of giving a presentation, and she looks outside the meeting room as an assistant points her out to two detectives. We see a mechanic let out of his garage in handcuffs as neighbors and friends look on and appear confused and scared. And we see a pastry chef in his early 40s, a man with light tan skin, dark eyes, and curly short black hair, who looks up from a box of cannelay to see several officers standing in the doorway. But back on the stage, Eastling continues to speak, and he says, As of now, we have been unable to locate the residents of this house, who appear to have been using assumed names. If you have any information regarding these individuals or their activities, 
I urge you to come forward at once. Once again, I would like to extend my thanks to the crew of the Minerva Project, all of whom provided invaluable assistance in this investigation. And when he finishes speaking, and as the sound of cameras snapping pictures is interrupted by pro-Republic chants coming from supporters at the back of the crowd, Eastling leads you off the platform and into a side room where he can speak with the four of you in private. I really did mean the thanks that I gave you up there, though I received some disturbing reports from a member of Ruby Watson's office staff. Between that and the incident involving Lieutenant Hines, I think it's best if we bid our farewells. I think I'm going to look at him and then the crowd that's like so very different from our crowd on the first day. Yeah. And just say, I have always believed in the Republic values of unity, of working together for the common good. And I will stare him like dead in the eyes. Rarely have those beliefs been so challenged as they were here. Thank you for having us, Councilman. I think he nods and goes to shake your hand. I think... I think I turn and walk away. Oh, wow. I think Mara steps up and I think she shakes his hand and looks him in the eye and says, I think we we both understand we'll be seeing each other again. And then she'll leave. 